Well, I'm glad y'all shouted and had church already because what I'm going to teach on usually does not get many shouts. But uh, it's good for the soul. Everybody say it's good for the soul. How about our young people? Did y'all have a good trip? Did you? Amen. Amen. Let's see if I can do this. Donnie, hold this for me. That's really good, wasn't it? Donnie's just the best usher a man could ever ask for, I'm here to tell you. Take your Bible and turn to Matthew chapter 25. When you turn over there, say, that's me, I'm going to be obedient. Uh-huh. Matthew chapter 25. And uh, let me get there. Oh, my God. Here we go again. <laughs> let me find it. Matthew chapter 25 and verse 14. When you get there, go, uh-huh. When I get there, I'll be good to go to. Matthew chapter 25 and verse 14. Let's start there. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, and to another two, and to another one. Look, look how it says this here. And to every man according to his several ability. He only asks of you what you're able to handle. Amen, everybody. He, he doesn't put more on you than you can do. Every man his several ability. And straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded this with the same and made them five other talents. And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained other two. But he that had received one went and digged in the ground or digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. And after a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with him. And so he that had received five talents came and brought the other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. How many of y'all want to hear those words one day? He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. And his Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Then he which had received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not strong. And I was afraid and went and hid my talent in the earth. Hid my talent in the earth, and lo, there thou hast that that is thine. And his Lord answered and said unto him, You wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I sow not, and gathered where I have not strawed. Thou ought to have therefore put my money to the exchangers, uh, put it in the bank or somewhere where you could have uh, at least drawn some interest on it, is what he's saying here. Take therefore the talent. Verse 28, from him and give it unto him which have ten talents. For unto him, for unto everyone that hath shall be given. Listen, 
unto every one that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. Now cast that unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And everybody said, Jesus. That's a pretty strong, pretty strong statement. I'm going to talk to you today about giving. I'm going to talk to you in particular about four different types of giving. And I like to take about once a year and talk about this or once every year and a half just so everybody is, is on the same page. Let me tell you something. A lot of people misunderstand this verse of Scripture we just read where he said he gave a talent. He's not talking about... Uh, I, 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 a talent I, that you can sing or you can teach or you can speak or you're an artist or whatever it is, whatever you know. No, he said he gave each one a talent, one five talents, one two talents, one one talent. A talent here in the Greek was a coin, a coin of gold which was around $1,000. So he gave each one gold coins that were worth $1,000. So Jesus is talking about money in this parable. He's not talking about talents, but he's talking about money. So if he's talking about money, and money is what caused him to call his brother an unprofitable servant, and because of the way he treated his money, he sent him to hell. Did you hear that? That's for those of you who don't believe in tithing. He sent him to hell because of how his brother treated his money. So we probably need to get some things about our money straight. Am I all by myself up here, or is everybody okay? So listen, listen to this. Listen to this. 2,350 verses in this Bible concern money. Did you know that? That's how much this Bible talks about money. 2,350 verses. That's two, that's two times more than the Bible mentions faith and prayer combined. Take every scripture of concerning faith and every scripture concerning prayer and combine them and multiply them by two and you still don't have as many verses as Jesus in the Bible talked about money. Listen to this. 15% of everything that Jesus spoke concerned money. 15% of everything that Jesus spoke concerned money. He talked more about money than he did love. He talked more about money than he did heaven and hell combined. Jesus, 20 of his 42 parables were about money or possessions. Somebody said, I haven't researched it, but somebody said one of seven verses in the book of Luke concerns possessions or money. If you go back and check it out. Jesus realized that we would struggle with our money and our spending habits. Has anybody here ever had trouble with your spending yeah, raise your hand. The rest of you are liar, liar, pants on fire. Yeah. Jesus understood what the Bible says, that money answereth all things, and that if money answers all things, we need knowledge to manage our money, or our money will manage us. Luke chapter 14. I got time to read it. Go over to Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14. And I want to show you something. He's talking about budgeting. He's talking about your money. And in Luke chapter 14, and uh, look at this in verse 28 and verse 30. 14, 28 through 30. Look at it real close. 
He says, for which of you intending to build a tower sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether he has sufficient to finish it? Lest happily after he hath laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that behold it begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Budgeting. Budgeting sometimes seems to be a bad word. But one man said, we need to tell our money where to go so we're not left wondering where our money went. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We had to have a budget because if we fail to plan with our finances, we're, we're, we're planning to fail with our finances. Most of us, most Americans just spend what they wish and they stop when they're broke. So let me tell you something. Being broke is not budgeting restraint. That's just being broke. Everybody, okay, that's just being broke. Being broke is not a budgeting restraint. That's why most Americans today, if you knew the truth, most Americans live from paycheck to paycheck. Is everybody okay? Listen, I'll be gone next Sunday. Pastor Caleb will be preaching. So y'all bear with me today while I'm talking about money, okay? Uh, uh, that's why most Americans live from paycheck to paycheck. Jesus said, count the cost whether it's sufficient. George Washington said this. He said, we must consult our means rather than our wishes. One young man is about to marry a girl, and he asked her, he said, if we get married, will you be able to live off of my salary? She said, I think so, but what, what will you live on? <laughs> so often a, a budget is often a system to remind ourselves that we can't afford the lifestyle that we've grown accustomed to. Are y'all listening to me? That's what it is. And so, count the cost, he said. First Corinthians chapter 4, chapter 4, verse 2, I won't turn there, but he talks about we're stewards of God's, of God's goodness, and we're stewards of God, God's uh, kingdom. A steward being an uh, administrator or a manager of his master's wealth. We're administrators and managers of our master's wealth. It's not a bad job. Think about it, to be a manager of our master's wealth. It's not a bad job because we get to live in the master's castles. We get to wear the master's clothing. We get to eat the food the master eats. And we get to ride in one of the master's chariots. We get to enjoy all the wealth of the master because we're stewards of God. And he owns the cattle on a thousand hills and all the potatoes in the hills. And the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And he blesses us with his goodness. Until he finds you to be unfaithful. Now watch this. Somebody's going to say, how can I get in that flow of goodness? How can I get into that flow of, of the goodness of God and, and be an administrator of the things of God? It's an established truth. Are you ready for this? Here it is. Give and it shall be given. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now, now somebody, somebody just said, I knew he was going to get around to that, talking about giving. That's right. That's where we're going. We're going to talk about giving. Four types of giving. How many of y'all knew there's four types of giving? Raise your hand if you've ever heard of that before. If you can stand and tell me the four types right now, raise your hand. 
If you can stand, tell me the four types, raise your hand. Boy, I'm teaching to the right crowd today then, aren't I? The four types of giving. Here's the first type, what it all begins with, the tithe. Let me say that word again, see how quiet it gets. It all begins with the tithe. Yeah. Somebody said that tithing is not in the New Testament. Have you ever heard that said, that tithing is not in the New Testament? How many of you know tithing is in the New Testament? Listen to this scripture in the New Testament right here. Matthew chapter 22. Watch this. Matthew chapter 22. Can I show you a few scriptures where tithing is in the New Testament? Matthew chapter 22 and uh, verse 15. Matthew 22 and verse 15. Let me see where I want to be. Well, look at verse 18. But when Jesus perceived their wickedness, and he said, Why tempt ye me, you hypocrites? Show me your tribute money. And then he says, Whose image is on the subscription? And they said, Caesar's. Look what Jesus said. Render therefore unto Caesar the things which are Caesar's, and unto God the things which are God's. Jesus said there's a part that belongs to God. Render unto God the things that are God's. Now, go with me over to Matthew chapter 23 and verse 23. Look at this. Matthew chapter 23 and verse 23. Jesus says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anus and cumin and have omitted the weightier matters of the law. Judgment, mercy, and faith. Watch this. He said, speaking of paying tithes, he said this, these ought you to have done, but not leave the other undone. Jesus, speaking of paying tithes, said, this you should have done. You should have been a tither. You should, you should have tithed on this. Now watch. Hebrews chapter 7. Go to Hebrews chapter 7. How many of y'all are disappointed when I sit down and teach? How, how, how many of you love the Word and you, yeah, yeah, okay. Be, because what I'm going through right now, physically, you're not going to get any preaching out of me. You're going to get teaching. That's, what we, that's where we're at right now. But, but uh, and, and that's what I'm going to, that's what we're going to do. But watch this, Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 7. I'm going to read several verses here. I'm talking about it's tithing in the New Testament. And I want you to see this. Start with, well, let's just start with verse 1. But this Melchizedek, king of Salem, preached the Most High God, who met Abraham returning. You can go in Genesis and read this story. Met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all. First being, by interpretation, the king of righteousness. After that, the king of Salem, which is the king of peace. Watch now. Without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like unto the Son of God, abideth a priest continually. Who in the world do you think we're talking about here? This was Jesus put himself in a body and went back before Jesus was born and showed up as Melchizedek. And he received tithes from Abraham as Melchizedek. 
but it was Jesus. And verily, I'm in verse 5, they that are of the sons of Levi who received the office of the priesthood have a commandment to take tithes at the people. Have a commandment to take tithes at the people. Are we in the New Testament here? According to the law, that is, of their brethren, though they come out of the loins of Abraham. If, if we were not still adhering to this law of tithing, why would it be written right here, according to the law? Everybody sees that. And then he says, well, whose descent is not counted from them that received tithes of Abraham? Blessed. Now watch this. Go down with me to verse 8. And this is New Testament. I want you to look carefully at verses 8 and 9. Here are men that die receiveth tithes, but there he receiveth them. Did you hear what he just said? On a Sunday morning when you give tithes, here are men receive them. But in actuality, Jesus is receiving them. You bring them and give them to some men that are representing Jesus. But when you give it to them men, it's like you're giving it to Jesus. Jesus. That's what he said. Here are men that die receiveth tithes, but there he receiveth them, of whom it is written that he liveth. Before I move on, let me just say something to you. That settles it. That settles the fact as tithing is in the New Testament. Because he says... When you give now, that Jesus receives it. Amen, everybody? All right, and then he goes on, he says, in, in verse 9, And as I may say also, also, Levi, who receiveth tithes, paid tithes in Abraham, for he was yet in the loins of his father. Watch this blessing that goes with tithing, church. Watch this blessing that goes with New Testament tithing. Levi was four generations later from Abraham. And he said, because Abraham tithed, he counted it that Levi tithed. So he put the blessing of a tither on Levi because Levi's great-great-granddaddy tithed. Don't you know that when you, when you come into church on a Sunday and you tithe and you give and you bless, you're securing blessing in your family for several generations. And, 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 and when you don't give, you're stealing blessing from those family generations. Everybody okay? So don't come to me, and there's plenty of other scriptures we could talk about. I don't have time, but don't come to me talking about tithing is, is only an Old Testament thing. It's, it's, in the New Te it's all in the New Testament. You're going to have to tear out your book, a couple of the Gospels. You're going to have to tear out the book of Romans. You're going to have to tear out the book of Hebrews. You're going to have to tear out some stuff in Revelation. It's all, you, listen. Don't talk that foolishness, okay? Just leave it alone. You don't want to go there. Just leave it alone. Now, let's go back and look at tithing real quick. Ma Malachi chapter 3. Look at this book right here. Well, I'm talking about three types of giving, right? I mean, four types of giving. Malachi chapter 3. Donnie, thank you for that bottle of water you got right there beside you. That bottle of water is looking at me, screaming at me. I keep looking at it, and it's going, Steve. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Malachi chapter 3. Y'all heard it too, didn't you? Listen to it. Steve. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10. Look at verse 10 with me. Everybody ready? Bring you all the tithes into the storehouse. Let me read that again. Bring you all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may, there may be meat in my house. And watch what he says, prove me. 
Now, herewith saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open to you the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive. And I will rebuke the devourer. That means your refrigerator won't tear up. Your car won't break down. Amen. Lord, I spit, Donnie, I spit water on me. It looked like a wee-weed on myself up here. I reached down, looked at my pants, and I thought, Lord, Jesus. <laughs> Here's what I want you to look at. Get, all right, get your mind back on the Word now. Here's what I want you to look at when he said, bring me, bring me all the tithes into the storehouse. Did you notice that's not a suggestion? He didn't present that like it was an option. He didn't say, if you feel like it this week. He didn't say, if you got the money, bring the tithes this week. But it was a commandment. Bring the tithe into the storehouse. Bring the tithe into the storehouse. Somebody said, well, you know, I, I just I look at myself. I, I feel like I'm a generous person. You're not generous till you hit 11%. Everybody okay? You're not generous till you hit 11%. Listen, and you're not honest until you hit 10%. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If you keep any of the 10%, God said it plain, and God said it simple. If you keep in his 10%, God said you are a thief. Listen to how quiet it got. He said you are a thief if you keep in that 10%. Of all, let me ask you a question. Of all the people in this world that you could steal from, why are you going to steal from God? He's the last person that I would want to be stealing from. Amen? I heard the story of two grandkids, and their granddaddy came in and had two bags of candy. He gave each one of them a bag of candy. One grandkid ran off into another room and opened it up and just started devouring all that chocolate candy in there by himself. The other grandkid sat down in his grandpa's lap and opened it up and took out a piece and said, Here, Grandpa, you want a piece? And him and Grandpa laughed and shared that bag of candy and just had a good time together eating out that one bag of candy. Isn't it great that God rewards us for giving him his property back and he just wants us to have fellowship with him in his blessing. He just wants you to fellowship with him in his blessing. Because, see, God, God, could, God, God could say, Give me my money or I'm going to send somebody down to your house and take it. But instead, he blesses you for obeying him with what is his anyway. So the tithe is the foundation of your giving. If, if, if your foundation in your listen to what I'm telling you. If the foundation in your life is not right, nothing else is. When you get up in the middle of a problem in your life, and you're fighting, you're fighting hard for your life. And you know in the back of your mind you've been stealing from God. How are you going to earnestly go to God in prayer and say, God, do this for me or God, do that for me? And expect him to hear you with respect. No, 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 no. Listen, the battle that I'm in right now, I'm glad that my wife and I have been tithers for 40 plus years. Because my conscience is clear. When I go to God and I say, God, the story goes like this, and I'm quit telling you stories, but the story goes, Kansas, the whole state of Kansas is a grain-growing country. They grow a lot of grain. It's the breadbasket of America. 
And a local church there, the treasurer resigned. He resigned because the church was broke. The church was behind on its mortgage. The church had no money. The church couldn't even pay the pastor. And so they asked the grain elevator manager, the guy who managed the grain elevator, would he take the position of, uh, of uh, treasurer of the church? And he said, I'll agree to take the position of treasurer of the church if you will agree that I don't have to give you any financial reports for the first year. They said, okay, that's strange, but go for it. We just need somebody that we know can, can handle this. At the first year, they sat down together, and he gave his report. And here's what he said. He said, on top of the regular monthly payments, we paid $228,000 more on the mortgage. He said, uh, we gave the pastor an 8% pay increase. We doubled what we've been given in missions, and instead of the uh, checking account being broke, now there's $12,000 cash in the bank. They said, how in the world did you do that? This church hasn't grown one family in this last year. And he said, here's what I did. He said, when y'all brought your grain to the silo, he said, I would take 10% of what you brought and give it to the church in your name. And then the rest, I would, the other 90% I would credit you with here at the uh, grain silo. He said, he said, you never missed it. You never knew I was doing it. But look, listen, 35% of Americans tithe. That's all. What could we do if 65% tithe or 90% tithe? Look what this brother done. And they had no idea what he was even doing. Look what he did. Tithing is one type of giving that we need to respect. Let me tell you, I, uh, if you come around here and you start saying, I need help with this, I need help with that, I need help with my power bill, I need help with we're going to help you. But about the second time you come around and say, oh, my finances are in a mess, I need help, I'm going to say to faith, Pull that brother's tithing record. Come on now. And, and, and if I see a tithing record that says zero, I'm going to say, you know what, son, I'm sorry, but we can't bail you out. With our, we can't take our blessing and bail you out of your cursing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because you up under a curse because you're stealing from God. And you expected us to take the blessing anyway. I won't go to. It's one type of giving is tithes. Here's the second type of giving. And very few people know about this type of giving. First fruits. First fruits. Did you know first fruits is referenced 31 times in the Bible? Did you know that? 31 times. Watch this. Go over to Leviticus chapter 23. How many of you right now, if I said, stand up and give me a definition of what a first fruit offering is? You could stand up and say, yes, sir, this is what it is. Raise your, I'm not going to make you do it, but raise your hand if you could give me a, a first fruit. Look at that. So this is good. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to teach you something. Leviticus is in my Bible. Watch this. Leviticus chapter 23 and verse 10, it mentions first fruits. How many, raise your hand. How many of y'all would like to know what a first fruit offering is? You'd like for me to tell you that, okay? The rest of you, you don't care, do you? Watch this right here. Leviticus chapter 23 and verse 10, here's what the Bible says. He says, Seek you unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, 
When you come into the land which I have given to you and reap the harvest thereof, you shall bring a sheave, watch this, of the first fruit of your harvest unto the priest. Bring a piece of your first fruit unto the priest. Now watch now. Exodus chapter 34. Go with me over to Exodus chapter 34. Somebody say, well, he's talking about, uh, he's talking about agricultural stuff. Well, yeah. Israel was basically an agricultural nation. Today, that relates to money. Everybody okay? That relates to your paycheck. Exodus chapter 34 and verse 26. Look at it real careful. It says, the first of the first fruits of thy land. Thou shalt bring unto the house of the Lord thy God. This isn't a tithe. This is a first fruit. You'll bring it to the house of the Lord your God. Uh, 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 oh, Lord, I want to finish this up. I'm running out of time. Go me over to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. And go to verse uh, chapter 9. Proverbs chapter 3. I'm sorry, in verse 9. Proverbs 3 and verse 9. Watch what it says. It says, honor the Lord with thy substance. That's your tithe. Honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruit of all your increase. So this is something that's beyond the tithe. Actually, watch this. I'll show you something before I give you the definition. Watch this. In Ezekiel chapter 44, go to Ezekiel chapter 44 with me. Ezekiel chapter 44. When you get there, go, uh-huh, uh-huh. Ezekiel chapter 44. And we'll look at verse, uh, verse 30. 44 and verse 30. Look what it says. And the first of all the first fruits of all things and every revelation of all shall be given to the priest. You, watch this. You shall also give unto the priest the first of your dough. Now look carefully. That he may cause the blessing to rest on your house. If you give to the ministry of the first fruit, because you give the first fruit to that ministry, that ministry can cause a blessing to stay on your house. So what is a first fruit? Let me tell you what a first fruit is. Here's what a first fruit offering is. A first fruit is, is any continued increase that you can measure continually. By that, let me say this. If you, if you get, say if you're at work and you got a $50 a week raise. You got a $50 a week raise at work. The first fruit would be the first $50. So you would take the first $50 and give that to God as a thank you to God because the rest of them $50 is going to follow. Is everybody okay? Yeah. And, and you speak life over that first offering. And you say, you say uh, Lord, this is my first fruit, and I want to fellowship with you in this blessing and I thank you that you're going to continue to bless me after this first fruit. If you receive that increase, and you can see it's the first fruit in your life, and you don't honor God with the first fruit, ask yourself this question. 
What must God be thinking about you? I just gave them an increase, and they, they don't even honor me with their increase. I want you to listen to how quiet it is when you're talking about money. Boy, if I went over to 1 Corinthians and said something like the demonstration of the power of the Spirit of God or Acts chapter 2, and they all spake with tongues as the Spirit of God gave to utter, y'all could jump and run and skip. But when I'm talking about giving a first fruit, it gets quiet. Gets quiet. So there's tithes, there's first fruits, and then there's alms. Go over to the book of Acts with me. The book of Acts. Some of y'all didn't know there was just many types of giving. The book of Acts, chapter 3. And uh We'll just start with verse 1. Now, Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. What about that? The hour of prayer. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful. Here you go. To ask alms of them that entered into the temple. To ask alms. The Greek word for alms, listen to this. The Greek word for alms is generosity. It's motivated by compassion for the poor. Generosity that's motivated by compassion for the poor. So an arm is when out of your heart you have compassion for somebody and you bless them with something that you have. Now watch this. You gave your tithe to God. You gave your, uh, you gave your first fruit to God. But you're giving your alms to a human being. Watch Matthew chapter 6. He says, Here he says, He says, uh, Well, let's just go back over there. Matthew chapter 6. Look at it. Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. He says, Take heed that you do not your alms. This is Jesus talking about alms. Before men to be seen in him, otherwise you have no reward. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound the trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues or the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou doest alms, let not your left hand know what your right hand hath done. You don't need to go broadcast. If you bless somebody in this church, you don't need to go broadcast it to everybody. That's between you and them and God. Proverbs says it this way. Says he hath mercy, he that hath mercy on the poor, happy is he. Proverbs also says, he that gives to the poor shall not lack. Proverbs twenty two says, he shall be blessed that giveth bread to the poor. Now I want you to read this one right here, Proverbs chapter nineteen. This is why we do what we do overseas. This is why it's important for us to continue to bless those in the Dominican Republic where God has called us to. Proverbs chapter 19 and verse 17. Watch. He that hath pitieth upon the poor, he that hath pity upon the poor, lendeth unto the Lord. Now watch now. 
and that which he hath given will he, will the Lord pay him again. Now, when you give a tithe, you expect open windows. When you give an alms, you expect your barns to be full. When you give an alms, you get dollar for dollar. It's the least of all your investments, but yet it's still required that you give an arm. And God said, I take notice of your arm, and every, every, every dollar that you give in an arm offering, I'll make sure you get it back. You don't lose it. God will give it back to you, an arm, an arm, an arm. So uh, there's tithing, there's first fruits, there's arms, and then you get over here to where it gets exciting, and that's there's a seed offering. Seed offering. This is where the supernatural can come in. Second Corinthians chapter nine. Go with me, Second Corinthians chapter nine. Some of y'all are looking at me like you are so bored. Second Corinthians chapter nine. And look at verse seven. Every man, well, verse six says, but this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap sparingly. He which soweth boundly shall reap also boundly. Every man according as he purposed in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loveth the cheerful giver, and God is able, now we're getting to the supernatural, God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound unto every good work. That's a seed offering. Watch. It's not, this is not a tithe. It's, a seed offering don't start till it's 11%. This is not a tithe. This is not a, 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 a first fruit. This is not an arm. It's a seed offering where, where the supernatural can happen on your money. Somebody say, well, I'm going to... I'm going to give an offering, but you haven't given your tithe. If you haven't given your tithe and you think you're giving an offering, you're not giving an offering. You're, giving, you're stealing your tithe to give it to something else. Is everybody okay? You're not, you're not giving it until, until you have met that 10%. You're not giving a, a seed offering. Uh, let me ask you this. Here's why it's important to give seed offerings. You say, my God, Pastor, you've already told me to give a tithe. You've already told me to give a first fruit. You've already told me to give an arm. And now you're talking to me about a seed offering. Well, your seed offerings where you where you get your blessing back. Watch this. If I take an apple and cut an apple open, and let's just say it's got four seeds in it. It'd have more, but it's got, let's just say it's got four seeds in it. Now, take one of those seeds. How many apples are in that one seed? Now, hold on a minute now. Watch this. An average apple tree, I know this because I planted two of them over on some property beside my house. And uh, I tried to cut them down after a few years, and the stupid things kept living. I never got rid of them apple trees. But uh, an average apple tree, they say, will have somewhere between two to six to eight hundred apples. So let's just say an average apple tree will have four hundred apples. Is everybody with me? Average apple tree will have four hundred apples. 
So one seed from an apple will turn into 400 apples. If you take that to the next generation, you got 1,600 apples. What's the supernatural? If you take that to the next generation, you got 640,000. Do you see the importance of giving seed offerings? You see how that jumps up? It jumps up so quick and so powerful and so supernatural that if you're so stingy that all you're giving is your 10% and you're grudgingly giving it, you're missing. I'm telling you, you are missing. You're really only giving to God when you give your, when you give your money past that 10%. The seed is your money. You can keep it or you can give it. It's your money. But when you decide to give it, it's when you open up the doors to the supernatural and God can do things in your life that he couldn't do until you've given that seed. I want to hear what he said to the steward. You guys can come on up. I want to hear what he said to the steward when he said, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done. I, I want, when God looks at my record, I want him to see that I was a tither. I want him to see that I gave first fruits. I want him to see that I gave alms. See, every one of y'all, when you came up earlier today and gave to the missions, you gave an alms, what you did. And, and I want God to see that, that, that uh, I've give offerings. give offerings. I'm going to tell you this. Uh, offerings come back to you from places that you, I'm going to tell you two stories in my life about an offering, and then I'll be through. Uh, first, here's a story about an offering. All, all, all my life since the 80s, I have given to the island of Hispaniola because I took my first mission trip in the early 80s. Uh, I'll never forget it was the early 80s because I come home from my mission trip, and my wife met me at the airport, and she said, I'm pregnant. And I said, my God, I wasn't gone but 10 days. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so all my life I gave to missions because I, had, I got, had a heart for missions from that trip. And then we started doing missions in this church, right? So at 50 years of age, I was dying with a failed liver. And I needed a liver transplant. And they told me, they said, it takes, it takes, um, at le- how, how long did they say, baby? At least six months, two months or six months, I've forgotten now, to get a liver. You get on the list, it's, that, it's several months till you can receive a liver. And it may be up to two years, and it's generally on toward a year or two years. I said, well, put me on the list. And they said, and by the way, your liver's in such a condition that you got maybe a month to two months to live, and you'll be dead within two months. Well, put me on the list anyway. How many days was it? Four days they called me. Yeah. But, but, but here's what we found out. Here's what I'm telling you about seed offering. I had been given to the island of Hispaniola. Here's what we found out. After I got my transplant, Donna accidentally found out 
through being in the prayer chapel. Tonight I received a transplant. Some family members from the brother that gave the transplant was in the prayer chapel. And he was from the island of Hispaniola where I had been giving seed offerings. Now, now, now listen, did, did, you, did you hear what I just said? Where, where I had been given offerings when my life depended on it, a life-giving blessing came from that same place that I had been given offerings. It pays to it pays to it pays to tithe. It pays to give offerings. It pays to be somebody who is not stingy on God. Amen, everybody. And I, and I wished I could remember that second story I was about to tell you, but I'm, I've gotten old and I can't remember anything now. Amen. 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 Be a giver. Pray for my memory, but be, be a giver. Don't be somebody that steals from God. Don't, don't come into this church and receive the blessing of this church and, and receive the efforts of the staff and, and, and have all the goodness on a Sunday morning and enjoy everything that is provided here and yet not give a dollar to help provide it. Is everybody okay? You know what? If you never give a dime, we love you. We're going to pray for you. If you call us, we're going to come to the hospital and visit you. We're going to do it all for you. But the blessing of God's going to come off of your life. That's what's going to happen. Be a giver. Be somebody that ties. Make up your, if, you, if you've never done it, make up your mind today. I'm going to honor God with 10% of my, of my uh, salary. I'm going to honor him with it. See, it doesn't just happen. Your checkbook doesn't just write a check for 10% of your, of your income. You have to purpose to do it. And if you don't purpose to do it, one week, one week, one week, they just go by, they just go by, they just go by. How many of you receive what I've taught today? It's, listen, it's, it's imperative that you be a tither, that you give alms, that you give first fruits, and that you give seeds. Oh, here's what I was going to tell you. Here's what I was going to tell you about being a seed offering. You can't, sometimes it don't always look like you think. Uh, Donna and I, it had been in my heart, I'd always wanted to give a car away. And there was a family coming to this church, and the brother, I had, a, I had an old BMW, and the brother kept asking me, how much you want for that car? How much you want for that car? How much you take for that car? And, and uh, Don and I had bought another car, and finally, finally one day I told him, I said, do you want that car? And he said, I, yes. He said, I don't think I can afford it. And I said, well, i tell you what, I'll just give it to you. He said, what? I said, I just I give you the car. It's your car. Here's here's the keys. You can take it. Bring it by and we'll do the paperwork on it. And it just freaked him out, right? It it was less than a month. They left the church. I'm scratching my head going, now I give this brother a BMW and he leaves the church. But you know, uh, 
I, I didn't hold any grudges against him. I, uh, he had some some things in his family, and I understood what was going on. But uh, it was last year or so that Donna and I went, and I'm talking about when you give offerings. I'm not bragging. If I, if I brag on anybody, I'm bragging on God, okay? But... Uh, but I, that brother, that brother, I gave him the car. Mark, you remember well. And, and he left the church. And then last year, Donna and I went and bought a, a car, a, a nice car, and paid cash for it. Bang. Listen, and, 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 I, and I, drove off, I drove off the car lot with that new car, not owing a dollar on it. And I got home that night, later that night, and I remembered we gave a car away, and now we got a new car sitting out there that's paid for. That, that's how God works. And that was, a year, that was a year or two in between it, but that's how God works. Just because you don't see it today, you don't stop giving today. You keep giving. You keep doing what you know you're supposed to do. Stand to your feet.